0: Find out how many fault codes your business has, and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about heavy-duty parts that keeps trucks and trailers on the road longer while lowering cost per month. Fuel costs are at an all-time high. I'm sure you're personally experiencing that. And of course, when we think of the commercial trucking industry, there has been ongoing issues with diesel emission systems. And we think of trucks, and I've heard so many people talking about forced regens and and all the challenges that go along with the diesel emission service. So is there one solution that would address both of those problems? Is that just too good to be true? Well, we're going to find out today. My guest is Matt Bailey, the CEO at DCARB USA. He's a passionate uh, diesel head, third generation diesel injection and turbocharger professional. And he spent the early part of his career as a mechanical engineer. So, this is the man that we need to talk to. Matt, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much, Jamie. It's a pleasure. So, first of all,
1: what is DCARB? Give us uh, the lowdown on what that stands for. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, obviously, it stands for decarbonization within the engine itself. And so, raft of decarb products, we actually have a number of different services and, and we take a very innovative approach into how we do things differently. Um, and then, obviously, we, we actually package them up in a preventative maintenance program that's sort of prescribed by fleet and, and their requirements.
0: All right. So let, let's talk a little bit about a couple of the benefits that we were alluding to in our intro, because these are real issues. So let, let's start with fuel. How much fuel savings are you able to achieve and, and how do you get
1: there? Yeah, sure. So generally speaking, I mean, this this really depends on the fleet and particularly the engine's application at the moment. And so um we typically see much stronger results in applications where they stop start and they're stuck in traffic a lot um garbage trucks school buses then the like they will typically see numbers around the 10 to 12% um and then even down to over the road trucking we usually see numbers in the 5 to 7% window i mean
0: that's not insignificant i mean obviously 10 and 12 is is better but but even 5% when you're doing a lot of miles that's a lot of diesel that you're saving so that that does add up so, give us a little more detail about what you're actually doing for these fleets and how you're
1: getting those fuel savings. Sure, and and so we we sort of package up three really different services, and it, we we obviously prescribe how much we do of each based on on the fleet's requirements. Um, but the first one, and I guess the most innovative approach that we take is that we actually do a lot with hydrogen, and so. We're all aware that diesel is a hydrocarbon, and obviously we burn a lot of the hydrogen and most of the carbon. But as we can see, anybody who's opened up an engine or even looked inside an exhaust stack will see there's a ton of carbon that still remains within the engine frame. And so we we do a couple of different services with the hydrogen. We can produce hydrogen. We call it decarb as a service. So effectively, we flood the engine with hydrogen, and that actually will bond with the carbon that's inside the engine frame and just cause a a low-energy hydrocarbon. They can just simply get burnt off and exit the exhaust to CO2 and H2O, which is a really neat solution. And you sort of, I remember being quite the skeptic when I first came to the company a couple of years ago. You see so many problems with DPFs, and, you know, particularly the whole after-treatment system. And even in some instances, you'll see some issues with the carbon buildup on the intake side. But there's so little thought and consideration given to the actual carbon buildup that happens inside the engine frame itself. And it's been exacerbated so much by low knocks. Um, you know, that that chasing of low NOx has meant that the cylinder temperatures are lower, the cylinder pressures are lower. And as a result, these carbons allowed to really build up and it impacts things like piston ring lands, and therefore you get more blow by and, and a loss of efficiency. It impacts things like your intake valves and exhaust valves and the airflow. It also impacts the the nozzles and the atomization of the fuel around the cylinder. So it doesn't take long. Like it's, it's very much a compounding issue that creates within the engine frame itself. And so by doing that particular service, and then we usually bundle that up in, in a preventative maintenance program with a whole after-treatment system, like a basically a, a refurbishment, we go back and, and basically remanufacture that whole system so that we know now that the exhaust system is completely clean to carbon and it's flowing properly and it's doing what it's meant to do. But then also the engine frame is now free of carbon it's now performing better. It's now breathing better. It's now atomizing better. It's producing less particulate in the first place. So there's less for the DPF to do And those two things start compounding and spiraling up and we start seeing some pretty significant results for our clients.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about that diesel emissions uh, system component, because we've talked a lot about that on this show and we've had many people come and, and share their expertise. But one thing that I have heard repeatedly is that the DPF is often just the thing that's signaling what's going on somewhere else in the system. And it sounds to me like by addressing the engine and the after-treatment system, we're getting rid of all those upstream problems. Is that how you're helping fleets reduce like the situation where there's a forced regen?
1: yeah massively it's a real bugbear of mine like i'm a super practical sort of guy and i'm also really passionate about diesel and the way in which the fleet operators have been impacted by this stuff it's really quite significant and and i'm i'm also passionate about environment and emission standards so i think it's sort of something that was necessary but i think as we've sort of 10 years down the path now we've seen you know we originally started with a diesel Combustion engine frame, right? And then we added exhaust gas recirculation, and then we added oxidization catalysts, and then we added a DPF, and then we added an SCR. And all of these things, they're independent systems that act independent of each other. And they're basically a band aid solution slapped on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. And and our solution, because we're utilizing the hydrogen, we're really hitting it more at the combustion level. Like we're we're talking, you know, um, chemistry here, really. And that we're impacting that at a root cause rather than trying to slap band-aids and deal with the solutions later on.
0: We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't have a heavy-duty part number and need to look up a part? Go to parts.diesellaptops.com or download the app on Apple or Android to create your free account. Looking for high-quality fuel injection for heavy-duty applications? Having one supplier for fuel injection allows you to better serve customers by providing them with a complete line, which increases your sales and profitability. Learn more at ambacinternational.com slash aftermarket. We're back from our break, and before the break, we were talking about decarbonization and the solution that is offered by Decarb USA and some of the benefits that fleets have been enjoying, including uh, lower fuel consumption and also avoiding problems with the diesel emission system. I'd like to talk more on the maintenance side of things. So like, what mistakes are you seeing fleets make with their maintenance programs and how do we avoid those
1: mistakes? Look, I think the biggest thing is that the the biggest thing that we see personally is a lack of data. There's a lot of fleet owners out there that that they will try certain things, but there's a lack of data that's backing up and supporting that evidence. And I think one thing that we're really pushing towards is that data analytically approach so that we're dealing with the solutions. We're doing tests and then we're doing a, a very strong comparative and we're basically, you know, getting a strong before and after to validate the results. And and so when we think about the, the overall solution for the fleets, I mean, obviously, the market's becoming exceptionally competitive. Um, we're answering we're a really destabilized time where fuel prices are soaring already and it's only sort of been 24 hours. And so these types of things are going to be more and more important as things move on in the progressing months and so from our point of view data is absolutely the one thing that we see the least of in the marketplace
0: this will be published later but we're recording this on february 24th and of course uh, russia has just invaded the ukraine today and we're seeing uh that's that is <laughs> that's just a terrible situation and yes it is de- destabilizing everything globally so by the time this airs, we will see what the full impact of that is going to be on, on the global economy, on geopolitics and politics and all of those kinds of things. But certainly as we look to the future, I, I like the idea of using data because I go back to one of those old adages, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so throwing parts at the problem. And I think that's been the one of the big frustrations, but for a lot of commercial vehicle owners is for years now, they've been replacing DPFs. They've been replacing diesel emission system components. And, and that's, that stuff's not cheap. And, and they're just throwing parts at the problem and not really getting to the root cause and not addressing those root causes. So what you're saying is, is that by bringing in a lot more analytics, you're able to actually measure what you're doing and see whether or not it's making any kind of measurable improvement.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, data is one of our core values here at our company, but I think it, it transcends everything. I mean, ultimately, if you can measure it, you can validate what you've done one way or the other, and it could be you know, a whole raft of different um, activities rather than just what we're doing, for example, such as driver behavior and so forth. All of that stuff, if you've got the right data, you can be making very, very well-informed decisions on how you're impacting your behavior to improve your operation and, and ultimately bottom line, right? That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about that for a minute, because one of the things that um, a lot of companies, they will focus on features and benefits of their products and services, and they'll talk about the the benefits and they'll show kind of the, the economics of that. But what about doing nothing? What's the economics of, of doing nothing? Because I've got a big concern when I look at fleets and they aren't being proactive in this regard or in other places with their maintenance program. It's having a cost, but it's just not necessarily registering in the same way as like, for example, the purchase price of a product or service.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where the benefits of what we're doing. I mean, one of the main things that we sell is really the the fuel economy benefits, because that's the biggest thing most people are concerned about. That's something that they're chasing. but. Ultimately, the other two main side effects that we have is that we improve uptime quite significantly. I mean, a lot of people would be doing DPF and after treatment systems on a 12-month cycle. But if we can get to the root cause, we can actually extend that out to 24 or even 36 months. So that's quite, you know, when you're talking 24, at least 24-hour turnaround on a DPF, you know, you're talking about an uptime improvement of at least two days right there. But then, of course, because the DPF is flowing better, there's less particulate in the first place, there's less force regens, there's less regens in general. So the truck is, you know, you're not parking on the side of the road and doing that, you know, horrid 45-minute thing where the, the fumes and everything are going all over the place. It's it's not a very nice environment to have to be in. And then on the other side is obviously the maintenance benefits and, and cost benefits there. So, it's you know, it's yes, it's fuel economy for sure, but then it's also the improved uptime of the vehicle and then it's also reduced maintenance costs on the back end of it. So realistically speaking, the fuel economy is the easiest to validate. And so that's what we chase when we do our client stuff. But obviously, when we're doing the data, we're obviously also trying to build up the total business case for what we're trying to do. And I think when you start looking at that total business case, you start making quite a significant impact. I mean, obviously not that 10% reduction for for a city truck is, is insignificant. I mean, it's very significant. But then when you start compounding all the other benefits on top as well, you start getting to some very big cost per mile differences and You don't want to be on the wrong side of that ledger if your competitors are are playing in that space.
0: Total cost per mile and lowering the total cost of operation is the name of the game. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We've been speaking with Matt Bailey, the CEO of DCARB USA. To learn more about DCARB USA, visit DCARB.com. Links are in the show notes. Matt, thank you for being on the Heavy Duty Parts Report and helping us challenge the status quo in the trucking industry.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thanks
0: for having me. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.